Good morning, Kyle Pray. This is Pastor Chris, and I'm going to be sharing today's message. We're continuing our series entitled Unmute, Hearing God's Voice. This is week two of three. Now, when we came up with this series, you know, Pastor Dan and I always sit down and ask, what, what is it that we feel in our hearts that we need to share with, with you guys? Because that's what we want to do. We want to speak into your lives. We want God to speak through us into your lives. Because if we get in here and we just teach a good lesson and that's all it is, then that's all it is. But what we want is we want it to be relevant. We want this to apply to your life, not just on one hour Sunday morning or whenever you're watching this, but in the other 167 hours of the week, we we want to see God moving in your life, not just on Sundays, but on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And we want these messages to make a difference in your life. And so we were asking the question, what is it that we, we think people are dealing with right now? And we thought about this season that we're in. And we're in a season of decision-making. We're making decisions about what our kids are going to do with school, about what we're going to do with work. Some of us are making even bigger decisions like career changes and relocations. But everybody I talk to, there's this phrase that comes up. How you doing? What are you guys doing with this or that? And everybody says, we're still trying to figure it out. Ask any teacher out there and they will use that phrase. We're still trying to figure it out. And when we're in seasons of decision-making, we often find ourselves asking, what is it that God wants? What is God's will for my life? When I've worked with youth, that's a question I get so often, especially from the older high schoolers that are trying to figure out the next step. They want to know what step is it that God wants me to take. And I don't think we ever outgrow that. We're still wanting to do what God wants us to do. But sometimes we don't know exactly what that is, and we have to figure it out. And it's in those moments that we need to hear God. And so we wanted to talk about what it means to do that. But then we had to come up with a theme. We always try to find some little hook that makes it a little more memorable or makes it stick with you a little longer. And, uh, and we were thinking about this season. We were thinking about well, let me ask this. How many of you have been on too many Zoom calls? If over the past five months you've been on too many Zoom calls, if you're watching this live right now, go ahead and just click the heart button so I know I'm not the only one feeling this pain right now. Yeah. At first, they were really exciting. It was cool. We were getting to see everybody again and virtually, and it was awesome that we could do this. But that that shine wore off pretty quick. 
And I don't know about you, but I find Zoom calls to be kind of exhausting, especially when you have one after another after another. And then there are all the unique challenges that come with a Zoom call. How many of you have had an unexpected guest in your Zoom call, whether that be a pet or a kid or somebody that has rushed in on screen when you were not expecting it? Click the heart button. <laughs> or, or how many of you have gotten on a Zoom call and realized that behind you is not as clean as you thought it was, but you can't really do anything about it now? If that's you, click the heart button. Or maybe you've been like me, and you go to speak, you've got something profound to say. It's, it's gonna change everything. And so you start talking and then somebody has to stop you and remind you that you are on mute. If that has happened to you, click the heart button. Yes, I'm pretty sure that has happened to all of us. And that's where we got this theme from. This idea of wanting to hear somebody, but them being on mute. And sometimes it feels like we want to hear from God, but God is on mute. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And, and actually, as we were coming up with the idea for this series, uh, we were sitting in a meeting. Actually, we weren't sitting in a meeting. We were on a meeting Zoom call, a staff meeting Zoom call. And Dan was leading us through a Bible study of 1 Kings 19. And there's this great story of God speaking to Elijah, one of his prophets. And this is what he says. God says, go out and stand before me on a mountain, God told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by in a mighty windstorm, hit the mountain, it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But God was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a, of a gentle whisper. And then Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And that's where God speaks to him. And I think it's so interesting that in this story, there are all these huge, loud, monumental things. And you would think that God would be speaking in one of those, but he's not. It says that he speaks in the gentle whisper. What's really cool about this story is the Hebrew word that is used there can also be translated silence. That this verse could read that God was in the silence. And our world is not very silent. We are bombarded with more than we've ever been bombarded with before. In fact, I was looking at some of the numbers, and every day, 1.6 billion people log on to Facebook. Every hour, 4 million photos are shared on Instagram. Every minute, 300 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube. Every second, 6,000 tweets are posted on Twitter. 
Right now, the average American has access to 190 channels or streaming services. We are getting information thrown at us like crazy. There's actually a great author um, here in Kansas who wrote a book called The Depression Cure. And I don't agree with everything in it, but one of the things he says is that when you go to less developed countries, the, the amount of mental illness there is lower. And for a long time, they thought it was because the recording mechanisms there weren't as good as they are in more developed places. But when they actually went and studied it, they realized that no, the real number is lower. And even more telling, the more developed a place gets, the more mental illness they experience. And he argues it's because we were never meant to live like this. We were never meant to live in a world where we are constantly getting notifications. We get notifications on our phone. We get notifications on our computer. Some of us get notifications on our TV or on our watch. We are constantly bombarded with messages. And so this is a, a bit of a side note to what I'm going to be talking about today. But I think when it comes to hearing God, a, a lot of us, we aren't hearing God because God's volume is too low. We're not hearing God because the volume of everything else is too high. Because sometimes God speaks in the silence in the gentle whisper. And, and so I want to give you a bit of a challenge. Because if you're in this series and you're thinking, it's not about determining whether or not God's saying something. I'm not hearing anything. God is fully on mute. Then this is the first challenge that I want to give you guys today. I, I used to listen to a lot of Christian punk bands growing up. I've told you guys that before. And one of the record labels was, the, the name of it was Five Minute Walk. And the idea was simple. It was for the people that listened to their music to try to find five minutes a day to walk with Jesus. Now, you might hear that and think, God deserves more than five minutes of our day. And of course, God does. But we have to start somewhere. And so I'm going to give you a five-minute challenge. I want you every day for the next week to find five minutes of quiet of silence. I want you to turn off the phone, close the computer, walk out of the room, maybe even go outside, but find a place where if God spoke in a gentle whisper, you could hear it. And, and I would love for us when we come back next week to share stories of what we, we heard God saying in that time this week. But that is my challenge. Five minutes of quiet, every day this week to create space in your life for God to speak to you. And when he does, here's my little pro tip of the day. I've talked to people about this before, but I call it the, uh, the three-time rule. That sometimes we hear something, we think it might be from God, but we're not sure. But if you think it might be, just jot it down. Write it down in your journal. Leave a note on your phone, wherever it's at. But just take note of it. Now, if you hear that same thing a second time, put a star by it. It could be coincidence, but there might be something more going on there. But if you hear it a third time, 
I find that often that's when God is trying to tell you something. You know, for example, if you were listening to one of the sermons, and in that sermon, I talked to us about how we need to love our neighbors, the people around us, literally around us, we need to love them. And that caught your attention. For some reason, that just hit home for you. So you wrote it down. And maybe a couple days later, you were listening to Caleb, and one of the announcers came on and was talking about how there might be somebody in your vicinity that lives around you that could use a reminder of God's love. Maybe a couple days later, maybe you're doing your Bible reading plan on the Bible app like I talked about a couple weeks ago. And it pulls up the verse of the day and you open it and it's Jesus right there talking about what it means to be a good neighbor. At that point, you should probably go talk to your neighbor. Go knock on their door and just see how they're doing. Because I really believe that when it happens that third time, that that there might be something there. God might be doing something. He might be speaking to you. So that's my little pro tip, my little rule just to to hold on to that if you hear God saying something in your life three times, and that, that might mean that God is doing something there. But what we're going to be talking about today is what we do when we unmute God, when we think we have heard God, but we aren't sure. And what about in those moments? Maybe you've gotten an email at work before and you think you know what it says, but you aren't sure that you know what it says. And so you have to reply back and ask, is this what you're saying? Am I hearing this correctly? Am I reading this correctly? Or maybe you've had that moment in a conversation with your spouse. Or maybe you didn't do that in a conversation with your spouse and you watched it play out and it wasn't pretty. And sometimes I feel like that's me and God, that I think God is speaking to me, but I don't quite understand what he's asking me to do. And that's what we're dealing with right now. And last week, Dan threw out this idea that there are three questions we can ask ourselves when we're trying to figure out if something we're hearing is from God. He said, question one, is it the gospel? Does it line up with what we see in Scripture or what we see in Jesus? Or more simply put, is this something that Jesus would do? Number two, what we're going to talk about today, is it wise? And then number three that we'll talk about next week, is it me? Does it fit my personality? But today, we're going to tackle that that wisdom component of it. Now, I want to throw out a disclaimer. Me talking to you guys about wisdom is like Dan talking to you guys about hair care. Like, I am not the person to be sharing this. I do unwise things all the time. Just ask my wife or my daughter or anybody that follows me on Facebook or Twitter, and they will tell you, yes, that is, that is definitely true. But I'm going to try my best to share with you how we can determine if what we're hearing from God is God by asking the question, is it wise? Now, what I want to talk about is two kinds of wisdom. The first kind of wisdom is this practical wisdom. Does it make sense in the context of the life that I am living right now? Uh, I've told you guys before, I love podcasts. I love true crime podcasts. And I've listened to a couple of them about cults. 
And oftentimes you will hear cult leaders that come up and they will say something like, God has told me we are supposed to, and then fill in the blank with something absolutely crazy. Like God has told me I'm supposed to marry 17 people and start a commune just outside of Wichita where we all dress in robes. Like, like I hear things like that all the time and I'm like, no, that, that's, stop it. That's not God. And it's clear that it's not God because it's not wise. It's not practical in the context of the life that we are living. And I'll tell you a great place to find that wisdom is right here in your Bible. There is a book called Proverbs. It's right after Psalms, right towards the middle. And it is full of timeless wisdom. Yes, some of it is very applicable to the culture that it was written in and not so much today. But there is a lot of it that still speaks true in our lives. And what is really great about it is that there are 31 chapters. And as you know, most months have somewhere around 30 or 31 days. And so my challenge to you, my second challenge to you, is to maybe open up this book and commit to reading one chapter every day for a month and to start filling yourself with wisdom. I also encourage you to have wise people in your lives. Have a mentor. Have a group of people that you can go to and, and you know they're going to give you wise advice. I really encourage you to do that. And, and you can do that by joining one of our watch parties that gets together to watch these messages as a group. Or by joining one of the new Bible studies that's coming up by contacting Pastor Dan. Or, or getting involved in a followers made group when the next round of those come about. You will be surrounded with a group of people that's also seeking God. That can help pull you aside and help you determine what wisdom looks like. But there's also another kind of wisdom we're going to talk about today. And, and this is a wisdom that doesn't always make sense to the world, but it is something that God is calling us to do. In the beginning of 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church there, and he actually says that sometimes the wisdom of the world doesn't bring us to God, but, but it's something else. He says, instead, God chooses what the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chooses things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. And he actually says that sometimes what is wise to God comes off as foolish to others. And I, I bring this up because I do believe there are times that God calls us to do something that might seem a little bit crazy. Not like cult leader crazy. It still lines up with the gospel. It still lines up with Jesus. But it might not be the thing that your financial advisor would encourage you to do. It might involve stepping out in faith and taking on something new. And I want to talk about what we do in the situations like that. Now, in this series, we've been taking a look at Paul and his journey in the book of Acts. And we're looking at the times where he unmuted God and heard God's voice. And today we're going to be taking a look at Acts 16. Now, a bit of a disclaimer here. 
I have shared this story before, and I will share this story again. It is one of my top 10 favorite stories in Scripture, but we're going to take a look at it one more time today. Now, some of you might think, oh gosh, I've seen this one before, but I also know that you've watched the entire show, Friends, three full times now because you own the DVD box set, so please don't tell me about hearing the same story more than once. I think this is a good one. And it starts out here in Acts 16, 9. It says, That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave from Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news. So it begins with Paul having heard God and believing that there is a certain place they're supposed to go to share the gospel. And they go there. And the first place they go is to a group of women who are studying the scriptures. And they, they go to them and they share about Jesus and they accept Jesus and they get on fire for the cause. And one of the ladies there was a leader in the community, a wealthy woman named Lydia. And she says, I want to be a part of this. And so she joins in. And then the next day we see Paul and Silas and they are out sharing the good news, but they encounter a bit of a problem. A, a slave girl possessed by a demon, a demon that enables her to predict the future, she begins following them around and shouting over and over again at the top of her lungs. Now, if you read this story, it can be a little confusing at first because what she's yelling is this. These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, you could look at that and say, well, that's true. Why would they have a problem with that? Because you'll see in a minute, they have such a problem with it that they, they turn and they cast out the demon. But why? It's the truth. Well, I think there's a good little mini lesson here for us. That we can shout out the truth. But if we do it at the wrong place, at the wrong time, in the wrong way, it can actually be a detriment, a distraction to what God is trying to do. Now, I think that's important as we continue through this election season. It's tense. Everything is tense. Whether it's Facebook or the dinner table, there are tense conversations taking place. And sometimes in the midst of those, it is so tempting to want to shout out what we think is the truth with no regard for the setting that we're in or how it might affect the people we're around. The Bible tells us later that when we share the truth and we talk about the hope that we have in Jesus, that we are supposed to do it with gentleness. And so... If we follow the lead of this demon-possessed girl, we end up sounding like the guy that grabs the bullhorn that stands on the milk crate at the corner by the Sprint Center. He might be talking about God, but he's not showing people God's love. And we don't want to be like that. When we are, we're a detriment, a distraction to what God is doing. And so they turn to her and Paul says, in Jesus' name, and he cast out the demon because that's how powerful Jesus' name is. Now the slave girl's owners are pretty upset because her fortune telling was how they were making money and she's lost that ability. 
It would be like Patrick Mahomes calling up his agent and saying, I've lost the ability to throw a football. Ugh, it feels wrong even saying that. But you could see how upset his agent would be. And these slave owners were very upset. And so they came after Paul and Silas. And they drugged them into the middle of everybody. And they accused them of trying to start a riot. Now that wasn't true, but you have to understand, at this time in history, Rome ruled the world. But they didn't have enough resources to put a soldier on every corner. And so they had to, to make sure there were no uprisings. And as we've seen in our own country, riots are disruptive. And they knew that. And so they heard this rumor that these guys were trying to start a riot and they knew they had to stop it. So they took Paul and Silas and they threw them in prison, in a dungeon. It was a dark dungeon. It was, it was a nasty dungeon. And they don't know if they're going to get out. And if we were to stop the story right here, it would look like this mission is a failure. It would leave us wondering, was this really what God wanted? If we were to ask them in this moment the question, was this wise? The answer would probably be no. But they didn't give up. They kept going. It actually says that they found the strength to sing and praise and worship and pray. And as they did, God performed a miracle and there was an earthquake and the prison doors flew open. And through an awesome series of events, the jailer comes to know Jesus. And he shares Jesus with his family. And by the end of the next day, they have all gotten baptized. It's actually a fulfillment of what God was asking them to do, to go and to share the gospel. But I think this story is relevant because sometimes when God calls us to do something, it's wise to God, but it might look foolish to everybody else. There might be points in the story where if it stopped there, it would look like a failure. I think in my own life and several years ago, Sally, my wife and I, we felt God calling us to move to Chicago. I'd gotten offered a job with World Vision up there. And it was a tough move. Sally left a job in Springfield that she loved. We left a church in Springfield that she loved, that we loved. And we got up there to Chicago in the middle of the recession. And Sally had a hard time finding work. And then we had some health issues. And debt started piling up. And there were a lot of nights that we didn't know how we were going to make it. And we sat there and we second-guessed, is this really what God wanted? Did we hear God? Because if you had asked us in that moment, is, was this move wise? The answer would have probably been no. But we were surrounded by an awesome group of Christians that kept us strong and helped us sing and praise and worship and pray and we stuck with it. And, and then God opened the door for me to move here, for us to move here and me to go to seminary. But we brought World Vision with us and we began to share it with people here. And, and we shared it with churches here. And one of those churches was Caw Prairie. I would not be here today if it wasn't for that. 
And I believe I'm supposed to be here. I believe this is where God wants me. I love this church. I love you guys. But if you'd pause the story in that, in that apartment in Chicago, it might not have seemed like a good idea. But God wasn't done. He was still moving. You know, I even see that here. You know, it's been a difficult year. We've faced our challenges. And, and I know Dan. It was kind of funny the other day, Ollie, my daughter and I, we were talking and I said that I was going to go film with Dan. And she says, Dan is your friend. And I said, well, he's also my boss. And she says, but more your friend. And I couldn't argue. I, I love Dan and I feel like I know Dan well. And I know that Dan has been doing his best to hear God's voice and follow it. But sometimes there's been backlash to that. And sometimes there have been challenges that have resulted. Some of them have been financial. As Dan talked just a couple weeks ago about the challenge we face now and how tight things are. And if you were to pause the story right here, it might look like a failure. It might not look wise. But I don't think God is done. In fact, I feel like I can feel the early tremors of the earthquake that's going to blow the doors open. I really believe God is moving. In fact, I was walking in here today to film this. And if you missed the announcement, in just a couple weeks on September 6th, we are going to host our first outdoor worship service. We're going to keep doing online. This community will still be here doing its thing every Sunday morning. But if you want, we're going to do a socially distanced worship out back behind the church. And as part of that, we've had a group of volunteers step up to build the stage. And as I was walking in, I went around back and you can see the post in the ground as they're beginning the work on that. And my heart just skipped a beat. It was this awesome reminder that God is not done. He is still moving and will continue to move through Call Prairie. So, this morning, we've been continuing our series, Unmute, Hearing God's Voice. And today we looked at the second question, is it wise? And we talked about two kinds of wisdom. One is that practical wisdom. Does it make sense in the context of my life? This is the kind of wisdom we find in the book of Proverbs or we find from a good mentor. And we talked about the God-ordained wisdom. When he calls us to do something, and he really does, but it doesn't always look wise to the world around us and how important it is for us to have people around us to help us continue to hear God in those moments and to continue on the journey he has for us. And, and to better hear and understand what God is saying, I've given you guys two challenges. One is that five-minute challenge of creating five minutes of quiet every day for the next week to be able to hear the gentle whisper of God. And then number two is that chapter a day challenge. To take the book of Proverbs that has 31 chapters and to read a chapter every day for the next month and to see what kind of wisdom comes out of that. And I believe that as you do those things, it will get easier and easier to click unmute and to hear God's voice. God, I pray that we can do that. 
I pray that you, I know you want to speak to us, to every one of us watching right now. But I pray, God, you'll help us create the space for that to happen and the wisdom to know what to do when it does happen. And God, I thank you that you're not done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.